How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoe. Shoots, he scores! Battling through it, finally. No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Okay, have to apologize. It has been two weeks, actually, since we last recorded, mostly because I came down with a plague. And um, I still have it, but we're going to record anyway. <laughs> so... Bad news, though, in that time, the Kings have now officially been eliminated from the playoffs thanks to losing to the Arizona Coyotes yesterday. Cool. (laughs) This is the worst. (laughs) It's so unfortunate. And they put themselves in a situation where they kind of had to do the impossible, which is that they had to, in order to make the playoffs at this point, win all five of their remaining games and also hope that the Nashville Predators lost a bunch of games. So even if they had won against the Coyotes, um, and they could have been eliminated early in that day if the Preds had beaten the St. Louis Blues, I think it was. But because the Nashville Predators had lost, the Kings at least still had a chance for some life. But then they just would have had to repeat that process over and over and over again and hope that the Predators crashed and burned at the end of their season. That didn't happen, so now they are eliminated. None of their games at this point really matter, um, which is unfortunate. But here you go. That's the season we've got. Um, I'm really glad that we're kind of recording now because I had been clinging to my eternal hopes, my eternal optimism that somehow the Kings would do it. And it like just dropped drastically in the last couple of weeks. (laughs) Um, So I'm glad I didn't have to end last week's episode being like, yeah, I mean, maybe they can still make it. (laughs) Uh, It's it's always good explaining to friends who are like, oh, you know, who don't follow the Kings at all or or what have you. And they're just like, oh, you know, are they still, um, are they going to make it to the playoffs? And I was like, well, statistically... They could, but realistically, yeah, no, we're we're done. <laughs> it, it's pretty much over, yeah. But now I can officially say that the Kings are not going to be in the playoffs. And it's unfortunate because obviously we like watching the Kings better than every other team, but yeah, especially in the last few weeks, it was not really surprising to anyone either. It wasn't quite a nail-biter down to the last game or anything like that, so it was disappointing, but maybe not as heartbreaking as it could have been like had they gotten down to the last game or two um and it was like they have they're hanging on by a thread but um now everybody can just kind of relax and know that they can just make plans for the summer and it's fine (laughs) that's true it it takes the heat off of the stress off of us a little bit yeah um and there were at least a couple of cool moments and stuff in the last few games um let's start i guess with the most recent game jonathan quick had this ridiculous like high kick save on holland early in the game against the coyotes it was i first saw the gif because i don't know what i was doing but i wasn't like watching it as it happened and so i first saw the gif of it which of course those are always slowed down so i was like even the gif is like you know, fine or whatever. But then when you see it happen in real time, like he basically sort of kicks and then realizes, oh crap, this puck is about to come right back and I need to lift my leg like six feet in air. (laughs) Or what was more like three, but whatever. So, but then he does it so fast and it's just like fine. And then he's, you know, ready to make another save if he has to. It was insane. It was pretty freaking crazy. I like how speedily you said that too, because like you just had to get all of your feelings and emotions about (laughs) that save out, which, you know, accurate. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, that was definitely a save of the year candidate right there. That was absurd. Yeah, I loved it. Um, and I have to, in general, also, I guess just give props to Jonathan Quick, who spent most of the season out. But since he came back, I realized, with the exception of that one weird back and forth scoring, um, goal scoring game in Minnesota, where he allowed five goals, he's only allowed two or fewer since returning. And even like in that first game, remember, he had only allowed, I think, one goal in that first period and then, um, then was out. But he was doing pretty well, and now it's kind of unfortunate that we won't get to see him into the postseason because he seems to be, you know, playing really well prepared, and it could have been fun. Yeah, he did make the best of the time that he had since he got back from injury to, you know, showcase his skills and showcase that he's been doing all right, um, especially that save there. But I guess, you know, I always worry um, yeah, that sure. people aren't coming back um, at 100% or even like 90% just because they need to get back in the game. Um, so while it's unfortunate and it would have been nice and cool to see Jonathan Quick and how he would have dealt with the playoffs, at least now I know that he'll have time to rest and relax. Um, I say hopefully that he doesn't like pull his groin again in the next few games. But right. uh, now that he has time to rest and relax and be even better for I'll bring my optimism to next season so that the Kings can do better and, you know, make it to the playoffs next year. Yeah, I mean, and I am, I mean, I don't expect them to be leaps and bounds better next season, but I am still excited about next season. I don't think there's oh, yeah. any reason for fans to necessarily be, like, in the doldrums about it. But, um, but yeah, like, I, I think it would have been cool to see Jonathan Quick continue to play. But at the same time, I am glad that, like, he did get this opportunity to get some work in, but now has a little bit more extended time to just make sure he is rehabbed fully and and whatnot. Um, currently, his save percentage is 927, and if that holds, it would be his second best um, season, technically, even though it's nowhere near as many games. Uh, um, second to his career high, which was the 929 season. So, interesting numbers. I just thought, you know, he's playing really well, and um, some proppers for him. Something that was also exciting was, I forget now even which game it was, but Trevor Lewis... Oh, reached yeah. 10 goals. How awesome is that? 10 goals on his 500th game. Yeah. Because um, why not hit multiple milestones in one game? So amped about it. Um, That was phenomenal. Yeah. So happy. I... At, least, at least something good came out of this season is that something that we wished for for quite a long time, which is Trevor Lewis reaching the double digits and goals, has finally happened. Yes. Former first-round draft pick, um, <laughs> semi-frequent random top-liner Trevor Lewis, finally, for the first time in his career, scored 10 goals. It's amazing. We uh, always hoped this day would come. I kind of had forgotten about it, that he was that close, because yeah. I was so focused on the Kings not making the playoffs. Yeah, I was, so, I was worried about everyone else's points. Right, and, yeah. Uh, and then it and happened, scoring. and I was like, what? <laughs> what a time to be alive. It's kind of nice that we forgot, you know, instead of having to, like, count down or, like, approach every game being like, is this going to be the one? Right, It yeah. just showed up out of nowhere and Amazing. was so exciting. Yeah, so exciting times for him. Now, obviously, I'm going to want 11 goals next season. Um, actually, I mean, there's still a couple games. He could get 11 goals this season. We just don't know. It's a wild time in Trevor Lewis's world. Maybe now that the Kings are officially out, he'll just be like, well, just go for it. Just shoot yeah, it. Yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> that would be fun. I'm I'm down for it. Let's go. Um, somebody recommended that we make a new Trevor Lewis video, but, like, I'll be honest, probably not going to happen. <laughs> um, 
as much as I love him. We'll keep it. We'll keep it a classic. Maybe, maybe if I've got time this this summer, yeah. maybe something fun comes out. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what comes up. I mean, is there like another song we could use? And that just requires so much effort for something that came so naturally originally. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, he has done a great thing. We'll see what we come up with. Maybe we'll ponder it. Right. Right. Um, Uh, Something else that was pretty fun is Johnny Brodzinski finally got called up. Um, Remember last time it seemed like he might have the opportunity, but he had gotten injured for a few games, so it didn't really work out. Well, he finally got a chance to play in the NHL. He debuted in the game against the New York Rangers. He's not um, scored any points or anything in the three games that he's played so far. But even in that first game, he had, I think it was like a partial breakaway, if I remember correctly. That was pretty cool. So, not bad for your introduction to the NHL. Yeah, and once again, so a lot of nice things, um, you know, secondary nice things are coming out of the Kings not making it to the playoffs, is that someone like Brodzinski is going to get more of a chance because, you know, what does it matter at this point? Right. Um, So you might as well break them into the NHL in, like, real games uh, without having to worry too much about the effects of, you know, his play or what that's going to mean for for the rest of the Kings team. So that's kind of nice, too. Exactly. I think it's kind of a bummer, obviously, for the guys who are full-time NHL roster players because they're, like, once the regular season ends, they're done. But if you are, like us, people who are kind of interested in the AHL and whatnot, like, the cool thing is those call-ups will be able to finish out the season with the Kings and then go back to Ontario. And right now that team is in a playoff spot. They haven't officially clinched, but will likely play in the playoffs. Um, So that's cool. Like, you get to see some players, and then you get to be more excited for them when they, a number of them, I'm sure, make the roster again next season. Um, It's a a fun time. Even though, like, the Kings aren't in the playoffs, there are still things, I think, organizationally that um, could still have some interest for fans. Yeah, and that that can only be a good thing, like having these players who've played in the NHL and taking that experience and bringing it down to the rain. And whether they win or not, they're still in like a playoff, uh, you know, environment. And some of those players haven't been in a playoff environment before. And then if they get called up again, you know, that can lend to better play, both like mentally, physically, like knowing what's up um, when they play for the Kings. And it's all it's all good things. Yeah, exactly. And a number of the Rain players, like even though there are some who, who haven't played in the playoffs, like a number of them were on that Calder Cup winning team a couple seasons yeah. ago. So um, still, you know, some really good guys with like really good experience and whatnot. I think it could be fun. And then um, there are a couple new players that are, I don't know if they've joined yet, like Kale Clegg, who they drafted recently. I don't think he's joined the Rain yet, but he could potentially. I think his team is out now in the OHL um, or in the CHL. I don't even know which. I think it's the OHL. But... So there's some changes, some interesting things happening. And then I think that's like you touched on it, you know, about like next season kind of being potentially exciting. Like that's part of the reason why I, even though this season was a disappointment, am still like optimistic about what could happen next year. Like they're not going to suddenly be an amazing team. But I think all I have wanted for the past few seasons is some forward motion. And I think we're seeing that and some of the roster turnover and whatnot. And that to me is exciting. Yeah, that's really cool that these players are going to get a chance to actually play. Um, we are always bummed when uh, Dan Lombardi keeps trading away prospects and not giving them a chance to grow. So it's nice to see that people are, are actually working their way through the ranks, making it to the NHL, kind of seeing what kind of new star players we can get out of 
the minor leagues because, I mean, obviously we love like Tyler Toffoli and Tanner Pearson and they've done so well um, to see, you know, what else the Kings organization can churn out. Yeah, exactly. Um, Of the guys who've gotten called up or even if they haven't yet, are there players that you're really excited, either that you've liked a lot who have gotten called up or that you're still excited to see or anything like that? I I just like Kempe. (laughs) He's... He's my fella. Yeah, I like um, and mm, and Dowd. Yeah, Nick Dowd. I, I really like. I'm excited to see what goes on with him. Uh, those are the two that I've probably kept the most tabs on more than really anyone else. I will say, and I was kind of surprised because it. I mean, I had stopped counting maybe the games that he played in, but. After a while, I really thought that Derek Forbert was either going to get traded or just never play in the NHL. Um, oh, oh, yeah, 100%. And then watching a broadcast um, a couple games ago, I think it was, they mentioned that he had played 74 games, and I was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but Where he has. Are we when, <laughs> yeah. Where are we when this was happening? So, uh, Derek Forbert, regular NHL player on the Kings uh, yeah. this season. And uh, so that's pretty cool for him. And I have... I, I find him entertaining for a variety of reasons, some of which have nothing to do actually with on ice play. But um, in general, I think, oh, go ahead. I, I mean, I, I was gonna say I think it's good. I mean, it's hilarious that we didn't realize that he had played that much, but that's not necessarily like a detriment uh, for someone who's you know finally getting his chance to play in the NHL. It'd be right. bad if we were just like, oh, he's so noticeable because he he's is so failing <laughs> right. all over the place. Um, but he's been, you know, solid is, and that's a pretty good start, honestly. Yeah. He's, he's been, it took him a while, like obviously to make it to the NHL, but now that he is playing regularly, he is really, I think, um, this year carved out a space for himself on the team and made it really interesting to the point where with the expansion draft coming up, people were like, all right, there's certain guys that you have to protect. And now there's kind of this question I've seen in different places of people being like, when it comes to protecting defensemen, do you try to protect Derek Forbert or Braden McNabb? Um, which is a question I didn't think we would have to ask ourselves, even at the <laughs> beginning of this season. So I think that is a testament to him finding a spot on this roster and really filling a role. Um, and that's cool, because, again, at some point I decided in my head we were never going to see Derek Forbert play, um, even though they had used a first-round pick on him. And, uh, I mean, a lot of people questioned that pick, after a while anyway or even at the time but um so it's cool to see him actually have a chance to get his career going finally uh speaking of like the whole expansion draft and having to protect people i'm really glad that because for a while uh they were thinking like oh we're not going to show you who we're protecting or who who we're not like and i'm glad that they're going to because i think that that's going to be hilarious oh yeah to know like both hilarious and sad maybe um seeing which teams hold which players in like a higher regard than you would expect them to, or mm-hmm. you would want them to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of excited for the the shenanigans that'll come out of that one. Yeah. I am very curious to see if there will be any surprises on those lists, because I feel like if you go through the rosters, especially if you're a fan of whatever team you can probably like, I feel like Kings fans probably have a pretty good idea of who will be protected um, yeah. with the exception of m- maybe one or two guys. But um yeah, just going through all of them, which are, if there are any big surprises and the drama that that causes, because I love drama. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm me too. For some. 
Me too. I am so. I know that there's going to be some like third line guy that's going to get protected, and everyone's like, "Hey, what now?" But yeah, you know, why? the <laughs> but the the management seems to love them for whatever reason. So I know there's going to be something like that, and. Or I think even better is if there's some star player that doesn't get protected and it's like, oh, wait, right. what's going on there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like mostly the instances where that kind of thing could happen are people who aren't under contract or something like that um, or their contract's expiring. So that'll be interesting. A question that I had was, so every team is at risk of losing a player unless i don't know they i don't know they deal picks or something like that like there are very small ways that maybe they could get around it but that includes the stanley cup winning team like is there going to be a guy who was like i just won the stanley cup with my team who i'm really close to and we're having a great time guess what you're a vegas player now that's going to be pretty rough for him for some third line guy on the stanley oh, cup winning that- team I did not even think of that. So, like, he's celebrating, uh, gets his day with the cup, um, while knowing that he is You're going Vegas to Vegas guy. after. Yeah, that could be weird, but also oh, fascinating. And then, like, he doesn't get to be there for, like, the banner raising or Tough. any of the other stuff. Oh, I don't know who this person is, but I feel so bad <laughs> for them already. That is my biggest question. And, I, like, part of me is, like, Maybe it's somehow it won't happen, and that's probably good because people's feelings. But I also really want to as a spec want it to happen as a spectator because that is just so fascinating and also unfortunate that it has to happen. Come on, yeah, it's, it's gotta happen. That's just that's just the price of playing the game, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about those lists coming out and uh, seeing how it shakes out for the various teams. Um, and whether or not you have that one player who is like, I'm a Stanley Cup champion, and now I'm in this brand new locker room for a brand new team, which is ex- still ex- exciting in its own way, but it's like, I don't even get the chance to defend um, my title. And it's not necessarily because of a traditional thing like, I was traded, right? Um, so, kind of interesting. I was forcibly pulled from my home <laughs> right, and put yeah. in a different one. <laughs> All right. So, but back to the Kings really quick. Um I don't know. I, I might just read this whole thing. But basically, John Rosen wrote a couple of things as he does after the game against Arizona. And he had, you know, really great, nice things to say about Dustin Brown at one point. And I love to get up in my feelings about Dustin Brown. <laughs> so I figured we could take a moment to go over this or just to um, acknowledge it. It goes. Let's, let's celebrate Dustin Brown. It goes. Quote. There have been questionable performances and outputs this season, but as the Kings' playoff chances soured, Dustin Brown still brought it in every single night. This isn't an opus to a player who has 11 goals and, 11 goals and 32 points in 75 games and comes with a 5.875 million cap hit, but rather to acknowledge a veteran player setting an example and playing his blue-collar north-south role effectively. This is someone who has been embarrassed by the public transfer of his captaincy, who has been the subject of trade attempts and speculation, and who has had his name casually linked to the upcoming expansion draft. I'm not sure if there's been another player, other than maybe Tanner Pearson or Jeff Carter, who consistently absorbed punishment for carrying the puck into hard areas of the ice, something he has shown a particular willingness to do for the past two or three weeks. Under difficult circumstances, his performance is raised, and he has continued to set as good of an example as any, even though he no longer wears a letter on his jersey. I love Dustin Brown so much. (laughs) (laughs) 
worked so hard. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, you know, like John Rosen wrote here, like nobody is going to oversell like his 32 points, but at the same time, like for someone who could have reacted to a situation in which he was treated pretty shilly, like he has been nothing but a team player and tried really hard and, and, and come up um, big in some situations this season and, it's awesome, and I respect him, and I am glad he's been part of the Kings organization. He really takes – he does get a lot of heat for a lot of things, and he takes everything with such a plum. Like, whether it's having, like, Sean Avery in his locker room and having a teammate, like, personally denigrate him and his family and, and all this stuff and still kind of brushing it off or hearing all those trade rumors and then scoring a hat trick or, you know, being the guy that's vilified for – you know, elbows and knees when he is certainly not the only one who throws elbows and knees um, and is not, you know, as dirty as, you know, perhaps some other players. And exactly that for, for taking his captaincy away, but still, you know, not being a grump about it, uh, knowing that it's like for the betterment of the team or, you know, seeing what was going to shake out. He's been wonderful. Also, side note, I would love for John Rosen to write like a performance review for me because this is just, like, very beautifully written. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How just touching. It just is very nice. I really nice. appreciate it, and it did make me get all up in my feelings and feel good about Dustin Brown. Um, t- two tangents. One, on the subject of elbows and knees. This is so unfair, but whatever, I'm going to say it. Um, so with Jarrett Stoll doing commentary sometimes for Fox Sports West now. I, I love it. I think he's 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 adapting. It's kind of fun to watch him figure out how to be a broadcast person. Um, but one thing that I am also interested in is the idea of, like, in games when he talks about missing factors or things that contributed to stuff or penalties or whatever. Like, Jared's still pretty notorious for throwing some illegal elbows. <laughs> And of course, he's never going to talk about that. But part of me always no. is like, but what if you just mentioned it? Um, <laughs> because I know that was a part of his game, watching him as a Kings player. Um, so yeah, that's just a, a thing that's always on my mind as I listen to his commentary and whatnot. Um, but yeah. And the other thing is that the transfer of the captaincy obviously went to Andre Kopitar. And how unfortunate for Andre Kopitar as much as I adore him like his first season as the captain could not have been more trying and disappointing ultimately both for him as an individual player um which may or may not be a result of an injury um and then also obviously the team underperforming like tough (laughs) yeah uh because it'd be one thing if he did really well and the team didn't it's like well you know, he led by example, and, you know, what more could he do? But with both him and the team doing poorly, yeah, yeah, not not a great first season for him. Yeah, I hope that turns around in some way for him next season, but I was like, goodness gracious, um, not the results that you want. <laughs> but I like him, and I hope he rebounds at least individually, even if the Kings team continues to be a, a tough one to make, to bring to the playoffs. Um, because I guess let's be real about what was rough for them this season, and it's that they don't score goals. <laughs> it's the same thing that always happens yep. to them, and some of it is luck-driven, but there's also the factor that even though, like, even if they get luckier next season, right, they're still not going to be an elite group 
like talent wise, they're not going to have a bunch of pure scores still. So what do you do in a situation like that? Um, and I think that's going to be a really hard question for the Kings to answer, but potentially a really interesting one as well. Yeah, that could that could be a lot of a few new players coming in there because they're just not offensive enough. They're not fast enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've skated by without that for a, a while. Um, but now I think it, it they're getting outskated by yeah. the other teams who have figured out that this is kind of a new way to play the game and you can you can get around uh, great possession and a solid defense by you know putting these one or two factors in and the Kings are a little bit behind on that uh, to using that to their advantage. So I'm hoping that we see something a little different when it comes draft time. Uh, when it comes to trading things around to see if the Kings will, you know, try something new in the size and speed department. Yeah, I am very fascinated there. I've seen even in some of the players who've gotten called up, like you can tell, uh, I think that was all even a credit to someone like Derek Forbert. Like he's got, he's pretty good as an, on his edges. Like that's one of the big um appeals to Adrian Kempe is he's a fast player. Uh, I w- they need to get faster. I mean, even if, like you said, if, even if they don't necessarily have a bunch of guys who have hands, right? Like, you need to at least be able to keep up and create opportunities. And the Kings are still a really good possession team overall. But I feel like we even talked about it, like, in those two games, the back-to-back against Edmonton and Calgary, um, that they did on the road, where it was like they just got outpaced <laughs> all game. Um, they do need to get faster. I think that is something that could help them stay in the running for the playoffs, um, especially in the Pacific Division, where a lot of these teams are now getting younger. The Oilers are going to be have younger talent. They've got uh, McDavid and, and Dreisaitl. Uh, they still have guys like Nugent Hopkins and Eberle, who are still on the younger side. Um, the Calgary Flames have a bunch of young guys. The Coyotes have a ton of rookies this season, and presumably that team could be better next season um, because they have so much talent coming in. So, yeah, the Kings need to stay um, young and competitive, and it'll be interesting to see how the, they try to do that since they do not have the same depth in their prospect pool. Um, yeah. It'll be weird and fascinating, but uh, I think another thing, too, is, like, getting rid of those guys who have had years and years to prove that they can score and haven't, like, as much as I love them, they gotta go. (laughs) They have to go. Um, Yeah. It's one of of those things where this this has worked for the Kings in the past, but they need to just, like, keep up and stay relevant. Mm -hmm. It's like when other teams are, like, when Jersey was doing, like, the whole, like, trap system and just playing slow, clotting, like, hockey, it worked for them for a little bit, and then... uh, they were slow to kind of turn that over, um, and that definitely shows. Um, and now, you know, the Kings have had a great run in the last few seasons. They've won two Stanley Cups, obviously, but and they've always been in the running, you know, when people have – when they've been on a downturn, it's always like, well, you know, they'll bounce back because they had that about – they had, like, something else about the team. Um, they were still relevant to, like, the playoff contention, to being a good team. And now I think it's kind of dropping off a little. And so I hope to see them make moves to adjust the team to the way the rest of the NHL is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think uh, I agree completely. And it probably won't happen in one season, but I think they can still sort of take steps in the right direction even this exactly. summer. Even without having a ton of flexibility in terms of cap space and um picks and whatnot but i think i think it could be interesting like i said even if they're not like a 
a great team. I feel I still think they can be an interesting team next season, and so I hope they make some smart moves. I guess that's most of what we have about the Kings specifically, unless we get some interesting news in the last uh, week or so of the regular season. Is there anything else you're thinking about? Um, I am, even though I didn't want him, I am a little bit sad for Jerome Ginla. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who has likely played, you know, his last season. And I thought it was lovely when they played in Calgary that he got the first star. Um, and that was really nice. But otherwise, it's kind of like, well, that's kind of a bummer. Like, he is, you know, one of those star legendary players. So uh, it's sad to see it end like this. Yeah. And even in the king's locker room and stuff like he's a great dude like he is just oh yeah fantastic so charming and whatnot and um he also doesn't seem himself interested in retiring so it'll be it'll be fascinating to see if he manages to get picked up somewhere like he has made no real indications that he wants to retire but it seems unlikely that he would be back with the kings and i don't know how much interest there is from other teams um, but I bet if a team did want to pick him up, he would probably play next season. So that is a little bit of something to watch. Maybe not if he doesn't get picked up, obviously, but if he does, who knows? Yeah, Somebody it's might. very much up in the air, but yeah, he's a great dude, uh, off the ice and on, I mean, on the ice, he's fine. He just, the Kings did not need him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, everyone's been obviously acting like this is the last season, so it'll be interesting to see if he does play. Yeah. Maybe he'll be the veteran guy on the Golden Knights. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, like, who knows what the hell the Florida Panthers are doing at this point. Maybe they'll sign him. <laughs> they hey, why not? seem dedicated to sabotaging themselves as much as possible. They could do a <laughs> lot worse than bringing in Jerome Ginla. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that's the Kings for the moment, unless we randomly think of something else. The big news around the entirety of the NHL is that, of course, it was announced today officially that the NHL will not be going to the Olympics in um, South Korea in 2018. Drama, kind of. I mean, two weeks ago, Gary Bettman basically said, assume we're not going, and uh, then he made that official today. Still rough because obviously fans and players really, really wanted to be a part of the Olympics. How do you feel it's about com- that? It's complete hogwash. This is just <laughs> this is some great a bullshit because <laughs> I love the Olympics. Um, it is like the world's biggest stage um, for a league that is always like let's grow the sport. Let's, you know, we want more viewers and so on and so forth. Sure, let's not be a part of, of like, the world's biggest sports competition. Um, that's fine. That makes total sense. Um, yeah, it's stupid. It's really stupid. Definitely from a fan perspective, it's really bad. And obviously players like to play for their country. Like, I like watching the Olympics. I like watching I, – I, I will probably watch it anyway. Like, I mean, I'm kind of – Not to be totally selfish, but, like, I watch college sports and stuff like that or whatever. So if those end up, like, if somehow NCAA players end up getting to go again, I would still personally be interested. But at the same time, I would be really upset about missing the young crop of USA hockey players who would not be able to go, obviously, like the Johnny Gaudreau's and the Austin Matthews and the Dylan Larkins and the Zach Rowanskis of the world. Um, I would really like to see them play in the Olympics. And now it's obviously not going to happen in 2018. 
but um, it uh, tw- 2022 is still kind of up in the air, I guess, uh, for a couple of reasons, which I will mention in a minute. But yeah, it's it's rough from a fan perspective, but it apparently is really complicated from the business side of things. Reasons. The NHL's main issues were that they don't like having to shut down for the two and a half weeks when the NFL, like after the Super Bowl is done, and then also baseball has not started yet. They don't like that. Um, And then also owners are worried about player injuries, and apparently the John Tavares injury in Sochi was a huge factor in kind of swaying them to like, is this worth it? I don't know. He's done for the season now. Um, and also in the growing the game argument, which is usually the biggest one for people, is that the NHL, in terms of sales and extended ratings, has not really seen a huge bump from the Olympics. I think part of that is um, time zones, like especially when the uh, NBC and whatnot was not playing all those games necessarily live here, or and even if they were live, sometimes they were like hours and hours ahead. And that's the thing, like they're like in Korea, like people here will be asleep or whatever (laughs) they're not going to see those games live necessarily so some mitigating factors there the other one is financial in 2014 the nhl and nhlpa got the ioc to pay for travel and insurance costs for players it cost about 14 million dollars and um part of the reason that that happened was because the russian government was so adamant about having stars and nhl players there um Because the IOC really didn't want to do that. And I guess this time they were back to that. We're not going to pay for that. We're not paying your travel and your insurance. And the NHL is like, you're making money off of our players being there. So what the fuck? (laughs) Where is the reciprocity? Um, And I guess they have not been able to come to any kind of other deal. And so the NHL is like, look, if you're not going to make an investment in our players, why should we invest in your event? Which, of course, results in the players and the fans getting screwed. But um, at least it, I guess at least it makes sense to me business wise why it's such a messy thing. But it's also unfortunate. Like the point is to serve viewers and viewers want to see stars in the Olympics. <laughs> make it happen. Yeah, seriously. Um, I understand that there are business aspects behind it. I really do. I as I say, I feel for the NHL. Not really, but I understand it. <laughs> right. Uh, but. I, I just think, think this is, it's so silly. <laughs> I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, that you wouldn't want to be a part of the Olympics. Like, that That makes no sense to me. Also, a lot of, so players have been, you know, speaking out about, uh, like, incredulously asking why the NHL decided to do this. Um, do you think players are going to just up and go regardless? Regardless I, of what that means? I think it depends. On... I've seen I've seen I've seen a lot of talk about you know like the Russian players just being right. like well if the cage if they want us to be there we are going to be there <laughs> like, right exactly period. and at least one owner um, Ted Leonsis who owns the Capitals has said that like if Alex Ovechkin or Nicholas Backstrom or Holtby like if those guys want to go play for their national teams he will not stop them and there might be a few other owners who are also like that. But I think the next step and the next challenge is whether or not the NHL will ban owners from being able to make individual decisions like that. Because then you still run the risk of, like, if those players are playing in the Olympics, they're not playing for NHL teams, and the NHL doesn't make any money off of them, um, off of that product, if they're elsewhere. So I think it depends on what the NHL rules about individual players going. And I only mean that in the sense of, like, some 
people might still be like, well, I don't really give a shit what the NHL rules, but it depends on what the penalty is. Like, if the penalty yeah. is, like, Suspension right. or something like right, that. Right, yeah, or... like, once you get back, you're still <clears throat> suspended, and you don't get such and such amount of money, like, maybe it will be worth it to players, maybe it won't. And I think um, it depends on what that penalty is, um, whether or not guys go. I think I think they should go anyway, I think, because, again, I love high drama. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I... I I feel like a big question mark is whether or not they'll feel like it's worth it to take a suspension or something like that. I think if it's monetary, then it's it's kind of like whatever at that point, right? Yeah. But if it's an extended suspension, then you start to have to think about the rest of your team, mm-hmm. and that's where it gets a little bit dicey. Right, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I'd be fine if they were fined for it. Uh, and then they're just like, yeah, whatever, I'll save up. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> and go to the Olympics and then come back and, and play with the NH- their NHL team. Um, but, oh, God, I would love it if people just up and went. Me too. Like, I would love to see it. So I am ugh, I'm so excited about how the rest of this drama plays out. I can't even tell you. <laughs> it's going to be so interesting. Uh, apparently NBC, I mean, not surprisingly, is pissed off because they're like, we want to be able to show that on television, and now they can't. Um, at least not with the stars. They might obviously still show <laughs> hockey in the Olympics, but they can't right. fill it the same way. Um, and also the NHLPA came out collectively uh, with a statement that was pretty, pretty unhappy, which is also not surprising. So, and also apparently some people don't think it's closed for sure, even though the NHL statement was like, all right, it's done. It's closed. We're it's over. Um, some players are like, there could still be like a Hail Mary. And I think, honestly, it really just depends on that travel and insurance component. If somebody wants to drop $14 million plus, <laughs> let's go. I, I guess at one point, part of the I, IHF was like, maybe they'll foot that bill. But the NHL was not into that because they think all of that type of money should go to other things. Um, not the Olympics, but other types of national programs and younger teams and et cetera, et cetera. Um, they floated some other ideas about being like a official sponsor or something so that they could market market in conjunction with the Olympics or whatever. Um, but the IOC didn't go for that. So they've tried a couple of avenues and I guess maybe any one of those things could be revisited at some point before the Olympics happen. But right now it kind of seems like the NHL will not go officially, and now the biggest hope is maybe there's a way that some players individually can go. I really hope so. I hope I hope the owners that have backed the the players saying that if they want to go, they'll go, that that can still be true. Also, it's kind of silly that if, I mean, if we're talking about, like, time zones and viewerships, um, that they would say no to 2018, but they're still, like, on the fence about Beijing, which is not... Yeah, really right. Far away. <laughs> not really any better. Like, not that much of a difference, but like that's okay. Um, maybe they think by then, you know, someone else will be able to pay, and they're like, "All right, well, we'll allow it," because um, it's all about the money. But uh, yeah, don't throw viewership and uh, time difference at me if you're still looking at Beijing and be like, "That's okay." Yeah. That makes zero sense whatsoever. Apparently, the thing with Beijing too is that they have already started working on growing the game in other ways like it was announced that like the kings are going to play a couple of preseason games in china next season um and so i guess the hope is that maybe it'll be similar to what happened with russia where um china itself will be so interested in having stars there that they kind of strong arm maybe the ioc or some other i don't know entity or whatever 
foot that bill in some way. Um, and then maybe the players can still go in 2022. Like, it's not set in stone, obviously, but that's kind of like the the maybe there is that maybe China itself will be so interested that they can kind of budge things a little more than um, happened with South Korea, where the NHL doesn't have as much reach yet. And um, the idea would be to use the Olympics to create some reach there rather than being able to use a relationship that they already have to um, help foot the bill. So yeah, it kind of got weirdly complicated. Like obviously if I think if the Olympics were in North America for 2018, probably wouldn't have been a question. (laughs) Um, A weird set of circumstances, but unfortunately that means that ultimately players and fans lose out the most. I would, I'm eager for the Stanley cup, um, to be given out so that I can actively boo Gary Bettman from my <laughs> living room. Because before I'm like, I mean, I get it. Um, and I know people ragged on uh, the Kings for not booing him enough, I guess, when uh, the Stanley Cup was being given. But now I just want to, like, throw Olympic rings at him and boo. <laughs> right. Because right. uh, this is deeply upsetting. Like, I grew up wanting, you know, and, like, for me personally, like, I grew up watching the Olympics. Like, the Olympics is always a... Uh, you know, a headline thing in my household. Like, I grew up being a figure skater who wanted to compete in the Olympics. Like, that is, like, the pinnacle for a lot of sports is, like, making it to the Olympics. Um, And so it's a bummer that my favorite sport is not going to be in there. Yeah, or at least not the men's. Not Yeah, that's true, not the men's. Yeah, because the women's players, just a quick aside on that, I won't go into details because that happened a couple weeks ago, so we kind of missed the boat on the news headline, but... Um, USA Hockey and the U.S. Women's National Team did come to an agreement. A bunch of money will be going, you know, they're setting up a new committee to help sort of, I think, eventually create a development program for young women um, more than what they have, which is basically just having a series of national teams. Um, also, they are currently playing in the World Championships and did, in fact, win the preliminary rounds and are now onto the medal rounds to defend their gold. They've won, again, the last three times. So maybe a fourth. We will see. So that's really cool. And probably the women will still send professional players to the Olympics. So it would be great even if the men don't end up going. Even if it's like like zero, you will still see really competitive games internationally from women players. And maybe even selfishly, us people in the U.S. can see them win a gold hopefully yeah this time. that'd be awesome um so there at least is still that to look forward to there will be professional hockey played in the olympics it just might not be dudes <laughs> it might not be nhl stars it, yeah it won't be any what if it's just like x nhl stars that would be amazing it's like just like a mix of like pre-pro guys who are in like if you're in Canada, like, CHL guys, and then, like, in the USA, NCAA guys, and then also retired players or players who have already gone overseas and are not in the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> that would be, Great. like, who's who's captaining these teams? Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what, like, old guy who is no longer <laughs> playing in the NHL is captaining, you know, Team Canada? Yeah. So I think it could still be interesting, even if it ends up being not – not being the product that everybody wants, I still think there's a lot of potential because, again, the inter- other international teams will still be stacked. Um, yeah. Or could be, at least. Like, obviously, there are plenty of, like, international stars in the N- NHL, but there are, like, other leagues as well. Um, and even in North America, it could still just be fun to watch pre-pro guys and guys who aren't in the NHL maybe playing overseas get an opportunity that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. It could still be interesting, if not exactly what you wanted. So I'm kind of fascinated in another way. 
Yeah, it'll still be something to watch, just not in the way that I thought I was going to watch it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, again, would still love to see at least some individual players go because I like watching good guys play. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. T- speaking of really great Americans. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> I just want to take a moment because he's <laughs> so good. Austin Matthews has been... I mean, everybody expected big things out of him in his rookie season, but he has just smashed record after record. He already broke the Leafs record for most goals by a rookie. Um, today, uh, against the in the game against the Sabres, he scored his 39th goal, which made him the uh, most Tied. points ever by a Leafs rookie. The most points ever by an American rookie, a U.S. rookie, I should say. Um, he's just great all around. What and a then tied, man. tied with Sidney Crosby's right, yeah, rookie the, season mm-hmm. with that 39th goal. So he's still got a few more games. He's still got time. He can get the 40, which would be insane. Um, he's great. Love Austin Matthews. Actual greatest of all time rookie. <laughs> <laughs> For the United States. How wonderful. Oh, God. I See, I would love... I'm definitely rooting for the 40th goal so that he could be, like, the best rookie. Um, yeah. Do it for America. Please. Oh, I want it so bad. So <laughs> bad. I need it so bad. He's great. I, I'm so excited. And I obviously don't really give a shit if the Leafs win anything ever, but I will enjoy watching Austin Matthews play in the playoffs. So... Yes. And continue to have a chance to break many records or set new records. It's wonderful. And I'm really excited for him to become the face of American hockey so that I don't have to look at other people, certain other people. Um, What a great time to be alive, to be me, (laughs) watching Austin Matthews. Uh, Yeah, no, that is fantastic that he is doing so well. Um, And the Leafs are doing well, which, yeah, that's true. It's kind of whatever. I think with the Leafs, it's always been liking particular people on the team but you know for not wanting that team to do so well yeah pretty much like they're the Leafs are pretty much constantly that tv show that I have a couple favorite characters on that I also wish would get canceled like I'm like "Mm, maybe if you could get a spinoff that would be ideal but since not (laughs) I guess I'll keep watching this near the end of like seasons do you just start you watch all of the episodes but you just like fast forward like I love (laughs) the little thumbnail um thing when it comes to like youtube or netflix or anything where you can just kind of like scroll over and <laughs> yeah, see their face skim. and be like watch what's ha- watch like their little bit and then just like move on and yeah. just, like watch the next little bit definitely done that for some shows so that's, that's how i feel about the leafs that's, <laughs> that's <the> leafs. true <laughs> oh man so yeah just wanted to mention that thing um and then I actually had this random article, but whatever, I'm not going to mention it now. Uh, there are a rash of strange and unfortunately important injuries happening at the <laughs> end of the season. Um, Joe Thornton had a leg injury in a game versus the Canucks that looked ridiculous to me. People are saying that it was apparently a knee injury, but when I first saw it, I was like, it looked like his like his femur is now out of his hip, like the pelvic uh, sock. That's what it looked like to yeah. me. It was weird. Um, so hurt pretty bad. That's obviously a huge blow for the Sharks heading into the playoffs. Um, super unfortunate. Hopefully it somehow is not as bad as it looked, but it looked pretty bad. So I don't know. We will see. 
Um, not affecting the playoffs, but was scary. Michael Neuwirth collapsed in a game when it was the uh, Flyers versus the Devils. He was yeah. taken to the hospital for observation. They didn't have any immediate answers, so um, he was released. But I think they're going to continue, obviously, to monitor him to see if anything is wrong. Scary. That was super ter- That is super terrifying because yeah. I'm, I I guess everyone said that he wasn't feeling so well before the game, mm-hmm. um, and that he might have you know caught a sickness or you know was sort of like dehydration. But it was just it was just nothing like. No, nothing was going on around him. He just was out. Um, but yeah, everyone got on top of that very quickly, and I'm glad to see that he is all right. Yeah, same. Um, John Tavares, which an unfortunate blow for the Islanders who were trying desperately to gain some ground and somehow make it into the playoffs. He went down with a hamstring injury, and it was kind of weird because I don't think anybody ran into him, but he was like going around the net, and it was one of those things where I think he maybe just pulled it the wrong way or something and he's done for the rest of the regular season so if the islanders had any hope it was gonna have to be without him um and they had have already lost at least a couple other players i believe um so that is rough as well the blue jackets lost my dude (laughs) zach wierenski um because as happens when people realize that you're a talented player, the Washington Capitals were kind of after him all game, and also I think in the game before that. But um, I don't think it was an illegal hit or anything, even though it was reviewed by the league. Alex Ovechkin hit him in the corner, um, and he is considered day-to-day, no broken bones, but we don't know what else that means, if he separated his shoulder or if it's his head or what. So um, I adore Alex Ovechkin, but I want to be hugely salty <laughs> if Zach Wierenski <laughs> cannot play in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of surprised that, that Austin Matthews hasn't gotten more roughed up than he has. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's you know? been pretty fortunate so far this season. Um, and, and so had Wierenski, obviously, for somebody who had been targeted a lot up until, up until now. So, yeah, you just never know when your luck is going to run out, I guess. Yeah. Um, hopefully nothing happens to Austin Matthews, please. I really just need to watch someone I'm excited about in the playoffs. Um, and You're saying this as like a non-Leafs fan. I'm sure <laughs> Leafs fans are like, yeah, from your mouth to like every <laughs> yeah. god, hockey gods, whoever's ears, like Satan, dumbass. Right, right. Keep Austin Matthews safe. Ugh, please, please. Um, and also I hope Zach Wierenski does come back because it's going to bum me out so majorly if he does not get to play in his first playoffs. Um, those are all the ones that I can think of. But yeah, weird rash of in, in, big, kind of big injuries heading so close to the postseason, which sucks. <laughs> well, speaking of the postseason, yes. as of today, playoff matchups. Mm. Who do you think? Let's start with the West. Blackhawks versus Predators. Who are you going for? Mm, I'm going to say Blackhawks, but I really want it to be the Predators. Okay. That, I mean, that's the same. I was, like, almost instantaneous. I was like, I would like the Predators to win. But I I don't know if we're doing this. I don't know if I'm uh, going towards this, whether, like, who I want to win or who I think yeah. will win. Yeah. I definitely yeah, – that one's hard because I, it's hard. I just – I think the Blackhawks will win, but I, I desperately want it to be the Predators yeah. who win that series. Um. In the next bracket, which I literally I was like, oh, I really don't care. Um, it's the Minnesota <laughs> Wild against the St. Louis Blues. 
Oh, yeah, that is tough. Uh, I, I really have just, uh, <laughs> like, a lack of opinion on that. Like, I can't even – The Wild? Sure. I, like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to say The Wild for Bruce Boudreau. I think of those teams, he's really the only person that I care about even a little bit. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Although I won't be mad if the Blues move on because who cares? Yeah, well, who, it doesn't matter. Like, yay, Tarasenko. Like, I I mean, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> right. Um, and then you've got the Ducks versus the Flames. Um, the Flames. Let's go. <laughs> and then the Oilers versus the Sharks. Oof. I'm going Oilers. <laughs> I am going Oilers. Oh, Lord. So I, you can battle oh, Alberta. Yeah, true. And just kick out California because I will be that bitter California fan that's like, if the Kings can't have it, no one no can, one have, can it. have it. Jesus, that is a tough series for me because I desperately. But I, oh, it it hurt to say. But as you were talking, I was like, oh, I'm looking ahead at what I'm going to say, and I hate to say that. <laughs> yeah. I want the Oilers to go forward. I, I don't want to say that I want the Sharks to win either. But no, all of it's bad. Yeah, that's terrible. I I guess I don't, okay. I will root for neither team in that series, but if I would be excited about the Battle of Alberta if it happened, since it has to happen in the second round, given where the standings are today, at least. Um, but also, if the Oilers lost, I'd be happy about that too. So, in a way, I both win and lose, no matter what happens. <laughs> Uh, so that's actually like a very and not too stressful bracket for you there, because that's just totally fine. Um, all right, on the East Coast we have the uh, we have Montreal against the New York Rangers. I want the Rangers to win. Dig it. Only, I like that. Yeah. I'm I'm still mad at Montreal for like a lot of trades and other random things. Yeah, honestly, so. the only Canadians player I care about is Alex Galchenyuk. So. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares about everyone else? Um, yeah. The Leafs versus the Senators. Mm, mm, I ooh, that's I. Mm, I don't know. I don't want to say the Leafs because I don't really care about the Leafs, but I don't really know who's on the Senators other than Eric Carlson and my personal NCAA favorite Colin White, who just got there. <laughs> so that's kind of tough. I think I would probably say the Leafs. Um, I'll allow them to leave the first round. Yeah, that's you know. fine. I think they're, uh, so, they'd be more the, the more exciting team, so sure. Let's go Leafs. Yeah. Um, and then we got the Cap- Capitals versus the Bruins, which I'm thinking, obviously, the Capitals. Ooh, okay. Here's my dilemma. Oh, no. <laughs> what? I'm finding this all out as we're recording this podcast right <laughs> yeah. now? I thought that was going to be a for sure thing. So it would have been the Capitals, but like I said, I am so petty, and I'm going to be so salty if Zach Wierenski does not play that I'm not going to want them to win. I would love to be above that, but I'm not. So hopefully, I will say optimistically, I hope it's the Capitals, but that is hinges entirely on how salty I am come playoff time. So if Zach Wierenski is healed and makes it back for playoffs... Then it's the Capitals. Then you're fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, then moving on to the next one, Pittsburgh versus... The Blue Jackets. Um, the Blue Jackets, all the way. Okay, so let's say <laughs> that the Capitals and the Blue Jackets play each other. Oh, uh, ooh. Uh, so, and Zach Gorwinski is fine. So this yeah. isn't a, a, a we're in an ideal, less, ideal in an ideal world. situation. He's fine. He is. He scored a a bunch of goals in the Pittsburgh uh, series. So he is obviously <laughs> very healthy. Right. And you've got the Capitals. 
who we've been talking about since before all of this against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Who do you choose? Um, I'm, I'll say the Capitals in that situation, uh, mostly because I think it's time and I think their team is good enough. So yeah. in that situation, I, I would go for the Capitals. But it would also be a situation where if somehow the Capitals lost, I'd be sad for them, but really happy for Zach Wierenski. So uh, I don't really lose in that one either. But I do hate Brandon Dubinsky, the hockey player. So if the Capitals succeed, he succeeds. such a weird hatred for him. I dislike him so much. Literally and just on the ice. I don't know anything about him as a dude, as a person off the ice, but as a player, I find him so irritating. Um... Yeah. Oh, that's a hilarious tweet. Also, I love that all of this is just the <laughs> Capitals versus Zach Rowan. Like, literally, no one else on the Blue Jackets <laughs> does not matter. It is not team against team. It's like you would either like all of the Capitals to win the Stanley Cup <laughs> yeah. or just Zach Rowanski to win the Stanley Cup. That's what? it. No one else. <laughs> I have to be true to myself. The other people that I like on the Blue Jackets, I don't like them enough that it would really move the needle necessarily. Or there are people like Brandon Zod who've already won the Stanley Cup. Like, I love Brandon Zod, but you've been there before. So yeah. I'm not going to be heartbroken for you. So, um, whereas like the Capitals, I just, I really do want Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom and the guys who've been there for a long time to get the Stanley Cup. But otherwise, yeah, I just like Zach. I didn't even like the Columbus Blue Jackets like two seasons ago. <laughs> but You like actively rooted against them, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to say. But you know, 2015 happened and I love Zach Rowensky. What can I say? So what we're saying is that next season, if you guys want to hang out with us, we'll be in Columbus <laughs> right. trying to catch a game, which actually I would really love. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that's... Yeah, I would... I would go, which is, like, insane to say. Like, where do you want to go for, like, a quick vacation? Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm down. Uh, yeah, it could. well, let's just go to Toronto and spend too much money on <laughs> right? tickets yeah. and then go to Columbus, Ohio. What What would be the second round if – so it would be Rangers versus – who do we say? The Leafs. The Leafs. Who would you choose in that situation? I think the Leafs have gone far enough, so I'm going to say the Rangers. <laughs> This is my with like no feeling about any of these people or these teams. I'm just like eh, I've had enough of the Leafs. Right. They made it to the second. I'm round. over it. Let's say it. Let's say it went seven games. Cool. You had your share. I'll let the Rangers move on. Oh man, that is like so. Just quick note. I was really happy. Was it last season or the season before where there were no Canadian teams in the playoffs? Yeah. Now it's like all but one. Just how rough. Anyway, I hope none of them win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Is what it comes down to. If we can't have the Olympics, this is how I'm going to be super (laughs) nationalistic. (laughs) I gotta get my fix somewhere. Gotta get it. Gotta be super American. Yeah. So hopefully the Capitals um, win the Stanley Cup, I guess. If if I am petty and have a grudge against the Capitals, I have no idea who I want to win the Stanley Cup. As long as it's not a Canadian team or the Blackhawks. Or anyone on the... Pacific Division, really, for me. <sighs> True. I forget all of them. So, okay. So, on the West Coast, so it's, let's say the Preds win in our world. Okay. And the Wild. So, sure. who would you choose for there? The Preds, because of P.K. Subban. Knew it. Um, and then, let's say it's Battle of Alberta. And it's Flames versus Oilers. Who goes on? 
Um, I would love for it to be the Flames, but that would I actually don't know which way I think that series would go, series would go in reality. <laughs> um, but I would be rooting for the Flames because I love Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan. <laughs> All right, so Predators versus Flames. Ooh. I would go Flames, actually. Yeah, and I that's that really tough. Because yeah. they're Canadian. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I would probably be for the Flames. I would want to say that I was for the Preds, but in my heart of hearts, I'd be rooting for Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> I can't lie. Um, once again, it being a player versus an entire team. <laughs> yeah. um, well, actually, player versus player. Because my, my thought is like... Johnny Gaudreau P.K. Subban, but P.K. Subban is Canadian, even though he's on an American team. And Johnny Gaudreau is a wonderful small American, and let's be honest. Playing on a Canadian (laughs) team. So ultimately, I'd probably root for Johnny Gaudreau over P.K. Subban in that situation, as horrible as it makes me as a person. All right, so here we are, 2017 (laughs) Stanley Cup Finals. We got two Red Seas. We got the Flames. Oh, or we got the Calgary Flames and we got the Capitals. I, still, I'm still going for the Capitals. Yeah, I would still go for the Capitals. If if somehow <laughs> it is Flames Capitals, which I don't know how that would no, happen. No, of course it's not going to be Flames <laughs> yeah. Capitals. But if it was, somehow I would still I would still yep. root for the Capitals. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. I love the final that we have concocted in our <laughs> ideal scenario. So everyone now knows that I'm definitely not putting down money on my <laughs> bracket challenge because it would not go well. Yeah. Anyway. Because just... I, I go with feelings and not who I think are going to win. Yeah. Watch it just end up being like the Blackhawks versus someone again and we all die. <laughs> it would be awful. It's like Black uh, Blackhawks versus Penguins. And I'm like, I'm not going to watch the finals. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? All right, well, we've babbled on enough. Any parting <laughs> thoughts before we go? No, I'm just ready for the playoffs to start. Now that the Kings are really and truly out, um, I'm like, all right, let's 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 fast forward all these games and uh, just get right into the playoffs so I can get into that. Yeah, um, pretty much. I'm excited for us to go see the last Kings home game of the season and mm-hmm. celebrate Bob Miller. Yeah. Um, that'll be lovely. Uh, other than that, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm just ready for the playoffs now. All right. I don't really have anything else to add either. Um, I guess we're bandwagoning the Capitals, me with an asterisk. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I thought for a second that you were, like, waffling because it was against the Bruins, and I was like, where is this coming from? Oh, no. Um, But this all makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah, no, all of the Bruins that I care about are still in the AHL. So that could be like a thing in like a couple seasons, but we'll see. (laughs) As usual, we will talk to you next week unless one of us gets deathly ill again. Um, (laughs) In the meantime, be good to each other. Take care of yourselves. Keep your heads up. Maybe get excited about the rain. And uh, we will talk to you next time, folks. And I don't know if we're going to record through the playoffs. That's something we should maybe talk about since the games are anyway. (laughs) We'll figure that out. (laughs) Yeah. But we'll have that for next time. Anyway, (laughs) goodbye, friends. (laughs) Bye, everyone.